0: Well, we all waited for the biggest Premier League game of the season so far. Arsenal versus Manchester City. What a game it was going to be. Did you see it? (laughs) That's an hour and a half. We won't get back. (laughs) Welcome to the Big Kickoff Football Show in a week where Newcastle are dreaming of bigger things this year. City lost their tour game out of five and Manchester United are still crap, but they've won this time. My name is Roy Shanahan and I'm joined by David Buggle and Neil Dobbs from the TheBigKickoff.com. And Neil, Arsenal and City just wasn't the game we all hoped for, was
1: it? Yeah, we all had high hopes for this and Roy. We got a... Uh... Liverpool in the afternoon and then Arsenal come on I said no we definitely got to watch back to back matches today this is going to be a cracker um, I had this feeling in my mind that you know if you look at the way the season went last year Arsenal with the big lead I felt that Arsenal would really want to win this come out and get at City because you know you only get a couple of chances a year to take points off them rather than rely on other teams to do the dirty work for you so I kind of had high hopes for Arsenal in this one insofar so far as they'd entertain they'd go after them they'd be aggressive and uh, oh man I couldn't have been more wrong absolute dead squib of a game disgraceful game (laughs) and uh, yeah big letdown for the weekend
0: Absolutely Dave can you pinpoint why they've got three defeats now in the last five games City
1: I think the obvious one, which has been said a lot, is the potential of Rodri. But the reason why I would do it is not just because he's the obvious one because he's been missing. But City were similar like this a couple of years back when it was Fernandinho was in that role. Whatever about other players when they went missing, for some reason, that seems to be the role when their main man or main anchor goes missing. It's not quite the same, uh, ironically enough. And I think that's the easy one for this one. But I think there is a bit of me on the bone and that because it was similar when as I said when we were Fernandinho but look I think regardless of, of him being missing it's fairly obvious now that Felix's uh, career is quite clearly over at City because they still can't even trust him to do that job that they put Bernardo Silva in there which we all know he's a wise man but um, look it could be a combination as well. Just to go back to the well again and do it all again. It's it's interesting. Like with a few players missing and De Bruyne, like De Bruyne after a couple of weeks as well. It's it's got to start taking a toll that he's the main creative playmaker. Foden obviously came out of his uh, came out of a shell the very first game and they thought that's grand. He's going to be the guy. But sure, he hasn't been playing him much either. So, you know, what's what's the manager up to and with some of his decisions? It's very very strange. Like, you know, um. And then, of course, Haaland getting next to nothing. So, of course, he's not going to do what he does best. So, it's an interesting one to debate without just saying the obvious thing. And that's their main hold the field is missing. But to see what it does is it gives the rest of us hope that it's not going to be a foregone conclusion. Because we all would have said a <laughs> few weeks ago, Man City had this in the bag and it's just who's going to be the best of the rest. For everyone else, they might go, Jesus, this door is a bit more open than we thought. And that's yeah. what we need to take from this. And that's what
0: we can hope for. Yeah. Neil, Calvin Phillips, he must be on some wage just to sit there and do nothing.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, he's like many others, right? As Dave's saying there, Bernardo Silva stepped in and said, him. you have your man, is it Lewis, to stepped in, the young lad as well, he was kind of playing as that extra role in there. And they brought on John Stones at one stage, and he was in the bloody middle of the park. Everyone was in the middle except for him. Mateus Nunes has been signed now, so he's the new Phillips. So he's the number two to Rodri and then Phillips is now the number five. So it's, uh, it you know, it wax at Chelsea. Remember years ago they used to sign these guys you know, that were doing well in the Premier League. Or that sometimes they were guys that were very experienced and everyone knew they were going there just to pick up the paycheck um, and in case of emergency or cups and stuff like that.
0: Do you think that they, yep. they bought Phillips just so others couldn't get him?
1: Yeah, I think there's an element of that, but I think mm. he was a good fit. He can fill in... You remember City over a period of time for whatever reason used to have uh, Fernandinho or Davis saying they there filling in a centre-back and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's a very adaptable player. So Phillips can play in the back line, he can play in the middle, he can play in a holding role. But I just don't think... There's a couple of factors. I think Rodri, I think, Rodri's stock rose a hell of a lot um, when Fernandinho, etc. left, that Rodri became that main man. And I think his minutes, uh, wasn't he the most minutes played I think in the Premier League last year or thereabouts in particular in that position so Rodri Stock rose Pep played him to death and just literally at any game even if they're 3-0 up 4-0 up never seemed to kind of go right Rodri out you come and Phillips you go in there so maybe Pep's seen something on the training ground he didn't like maybe seen something on the pitch but he's been frozen out in absolute ruthless fashion um, but that seems to be the kind of Pep way with some people I mean they're saying there they'll fill forward Jack Grealish hasn't uh, featured at mm-hmm. all this year they don't play anyone in Mares' position anymore. It's up for grabs. So it, it's a Pepism, really, that he, he, he kind of sticks to the norm and he brings players in based on his own feeling about them. But who will eat it out, Pep. But uh, for Phillips, his career is just sitting there stagnant. Gets into the England squad, but much like Maguire, as a kind of a, a token gesture. He's dead gesture, drink water, isn't, he? isn't he? Yeah, there you go. That's the one I was up for, yeah. That, that type of guy, you sign him, you know he's there for money. He's content to sit there, regardless of what they say. You never hear that in Elven, but when he's called upon, I'm sure you know he'll do a job. But unfortunately <laughs> for him, he's just never called. <laughs> he'll upon never him. get
0: the chance. Pep Guardiola yeah, doesn't, the job doesn't. Doesn't trust but
1: him Roy in another way. Yeah. You know, like the guy that comes in to work in the factory and does no work, sits there, picks up the paycheck, and goes home. Who's the mug? So yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, um, Holland's dry spell, Dave. Is it purely down to? De Bruyne and not being on that pitch or do you think there's a little bit more to
1: it? Oh, there's definitely a little bit more to it. De Bruyne would be the ultimate. There's no two ways about it. They went hand-in-hand hand last year. But they worked, They created next to nothing as well the rest of the team. Considering like they never had a striker for for, for a whole season and still won everything and De Bruyne is still in this game. Like it, it's just across the board... Um, for whatever reason. And maybe it is the constant chopping and changing. There's folding start the weekend. Greenwich doesn't get in. Lads are not playing out of position. And it was a very disjointed side. And it was a weird game watching the two teams who you'd expect to go at it and you'd expect Arsenal to really have a go to try and lay a marker down. And it it, it was very much a, top, a stereotypical top-of-the-table clash from before where teams were afraid to lose. So it was a very strange one to watch. Because like, whatever, even when City played Liverpool, they, they always went at them because obviously they felt they could get at that back line. But for some reason, the game, the Arsenal a lot more respect than you'd expect. And then that little bit of niggle after the game, that's almost like, yeah, they look at Arsenal as a proper rival, hence why they're getting a bit touchy right at the very end. But look, it's not just down to De Bruyne. Yes, he's the ultimate factor because of what he is, but they're not creating enough at the moment. And there is players who can't do that. As we've seen the very first game when De Bruyne went missing, was Foden and he hasn't played there since.
0: Well, so, we know City, yeah. don't we? And <laughs> we know that we just... Exactly. Uh, we, we, peril, yeah, write them off at your peril. Yeah, you know, them off at Everyone goes through little blips in, in, in moments yeah. and City, if any team, uh, will most likely come roaring back over it's the, the ho- next It's ten the hope games. that kills
1: you, Roy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> the hope <laughs> that kills you, City. They, they give you a little nibble. There's just one thing yeah. interesting, Roy, after the game when they interviewed Pep and he kind of went, how do you feel now having lost this and you've dropped points? And he had a little kind of a Roy smile going, sometimes we kind of need to do this it was that remember last year they almost felt they yeah. waited too long to catch Arsenal whereas I think he, he was going to use that go back into the dressing room and go right yeah. lads this now is your wake up call get your shit together and let's go on our traditional 15 wins and blow everybody out of water so maybe Pep was waiting for this moment to give him a bit of a kicking
0: absolutely Neil I'm going to stick with you for a second um, Arsenal are they in a better place to win the league this year than last
1: uh, yeah, I I think squad-wise, they look better. They've got Trossard in there, Jorginho in there, and I'm talking squad type of players. Like Partey was on the bench, uh, Tommy Yasu, Havertz. If anything, maybe, if I'm being critical, the Havertz money could have been spelt, or sorry, spent differently elsewhere. But they feel, you know, Arsenal have guys off the bench. Smith-Rowe didn't get uh, a run. Uh, Kirill, Vieira, Nelson. There's a few of these that are now names that we know but I'm looking at their first 11 and if you have uh, Saka who obviously didn't play but he normally plays and he's fit uh, and then Martinelli I think they've a really really good first 11 they've an identifying way of playing uh, my biggest concern about them is and I, you, you can say yourselves Eddie and Keddie would be for me the greatest weakness of why Arsenal will not win the league where City of Haaland you know I think Liverpool have or five different forwards you know, there's a lot of uh, pressure on Enchetti to deliver, and I just don't think he's going to be that guy. Uh, Jesus was kind of pushed out to the flank on the weekend, but again, I don't know if he's prolific enough, it, enough in your nine to win your title. You know, we're always saying this about the Harry Kane, 25 goals. Where are they going to get them 25 goals from? So, whereas Declan Rice, I think, is a big improvement. Uh, the midfield has improved. The backline with Saliba and Gabriel look really solid at the moment. It's up front, I think they're just going to come up a little bit short, if at all, but that would be, for me, uh, the biggest concern for them. But I still think, um, and we would have said it last year in the show, they've had that year where they went close, they felt a disappointment. I think they believe they're in a better place, and you could see the way they celebrated. It was like they won the league. So I think they're they're going to be better, if not closer, this year. So City, I think, have to get their act together if they do want to send them off.
0: Okay, Dave. Harry Kane scores 25 goals a season for the last few years. Spurs miss out on Europe. Um, and Ketia, who doesn't really chip in with too many goals, is, is that going to be the defining bit for Arsenal? Or is it a case that they need, they're they going to spread the goals out between the front four or five?
1: Yeah like the likes of uh, as Neil mentioned like the likes of Saka as long as he stays fit in the others it can spread out look we've seen City do it is it what Arsenal want to do probably not but was Harry Kane ever going to go to an Arsenal absolutely not and who else were you going to get it's a bit difficult I watched the the guys the other day the, the new one with um, Neville and Carragher and Keane and Jill Scott and Rice and uh, two or three of them all said like yeah if they had had a striker this year uh, their opinion of Arsenal would be a lot different and they're a bit like us they're afraid to write off City write them off at Juppero we've been, we've been here before and we've been bit but I think it's bang on the money I still think they can share it out the taste of what happened last year that that, that should really reinvigorate we've seen it many a time with teams four or five teams who have won the league have had that kind of bitter taste of defeat the, the year before and it kind of galvanised them to say yeah we know we can do this now and Arsenal definitely know what they need to do now and they would have felt that beating them was a big problem because whatever about winning the league they struggled against City last year and City done the double on them and they were still the test so to to get that ugly 1-0 win against them could be a massive fill up for them to be the main team to to challenge City this year and can they put it up to them absolutely but I think it's obvious that 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 vital game where there is little or no chances if Haaland was playing that game, that game would have been a bit, for Arsenal, it would have been maybe a bit different, that one chance. Because that next game where that one chance comes, can you guarantee the Catties or Martellini or Jesus or the world are always going to put, be the one to put that ball in the, in the net? Maybe not. But if you had somebody of the ilk of a Haaland or a Kane, you know, they're going to get that once, in a, once, in a, once a game kind of moment. So it, it is potentially going to be their Achilles heel. But at the same time, been there and done it last year. There's no reason why they can't find a way to do it. And as Neil said, with the improvements elsewhere, it's got to help. Yeah, but that, it, it is potentially
0: their one and only. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think their team has improved. I'm still waiting to mm. see myself how much it's improved. And I suppose that'll be yeah. told by the end of the year. I do think that the, certain players that they've got in are an upgrade. I just don't know how much of an upgrade it is, and it it will be interesting. As you said, Here,
1: here's one for you, right. Would you take Isaac ahead of him? Would you take, um, obviously, Mo Salah? Would you take Nunez? Would you take Son? You know, I think there's seven or eight way, way, way better players, you know.
0: You take Highland than, than ahead of him.
1: That's the killer. Sorry, I definitely take Highland ahead of him, right? hundred percent yeah? yeah?
0: No. And he's
1: only in the league and he already looks like a scorer that you can you can lead off. He'll lead the line for you. So that's you know, that's, that's why Nketiah is such... I think you downgrade even compared to a lot of other teams. Even uh, Watkins off Villa, I yeah. take ahead of Enkeria. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I think we get All the idea.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All of them, right.
0: <laughs> okay, Neil, I'll stay with you. Um, you've kind of seen this pattern of Raya and Ramsdale where you feel that the, the commentators in the media are edging trying to get Ramsdale back into his position. For you, how, you can discuss that, but how, which keeper do you think is the best one for Arsenal at the moment? The stats actually say Raya, and I'm sure that's why Arteta has him there.
1: Yeah, well, I'll it is right. It, it's who the manager has the most faith in and who he's going to stick with. And I think um, Arteta has put his money on Raya. And I mean, he brought him in for a reason. He's then given him a couple of games to set to settle in. He's now made him his number one. In my opinion, the Premier League, you very, very rarely see a manager go back on that. You know, he did have to have a, a, a series of awful errors, really bad games, getting caught out, and then they would revert decision. So I think Arteta has made a decision. He's gone with Ray. He feels he gives him a little bit extra. Now, I don't think there's a whole lot between them but the reason why he's in he's maybe just a little bit better on his distribution. But what I did notice in the weekend and I thought it was funny that they put together almost like a little collage of all Ray's mistakes from the one where he was closed down and it nearly went in. He came out to grab a cross and was caught under the ball and there, there's a nervousness. Even the commentators were almost going oh, you can hear the crowd getting on his back now that he's taking too long on the ball but He was the coolest guy in the stadium and he made, you know, he would a very, very good second half in particular. Um, But there is a kind of a narrative now that he's keeping kind of England's number two out and Mm. they keep going to Ramsdale in the crowd now. And like what other club or what other game where the number two is is even within a whisker? Did he start every save or every shot? It's on Ramsdale in the bloody dugout. They shouldn't be doing that. They're, They're creating a narrative. And normally when the English media or someone gets into you, it is a problem because they're focusing like lasers on every single thing that you do. Um, but for my money, I'm, I'm sticking with Arteta's decision. Um, I think if he's brought this guy in, he sees qualities that he brings, and I think he's going to stick with in particular in the big games.
0: Yeah, uh, there was there was one. There was a whole list of stats that they had. Uh, it was actually a Sky Sports article that was very good. But one of them was the heat map that shows where Ramsdale had been in his games and, and where Raya is and Ramsdale's doesn't leave the box where you can see Raya. That's the sweeper-keeper thing as well, isn't it? And, and that's that's yeah, so yep. important for the way that they play. Also their possession, but even his saves, uh, he, he, he just seems to make more important saves. So, yeah, I think you'll see over the course of the year that Ramsdale just won't get back in. Uh, I think it's a done deal. Dave, I'm going to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Can Newcastle win yeah. the Champions League?
1: instinctively I would say no um, because they won't play the the (laughs) mind in in, in, in Newcastle let's be honest Um, I think the home crowd is a massive factor sure they were celebrating slight tackles like they scored goals the other night there was a collage of them near the end where I think Dan Bourne slid in and stopped somebody and he gets up and roars at the ground and he wouldn't do that on a Saturday in the Premier League they Mm -hmm. obviously were taken by it and brilliantly as it was and and long may it continue but have they got it all listen come on I'm I'm a Liverpool fan 2005 of course they have a chance let's be honest but realistically with what's out there and with people who've been there and done it and when it gets to the business end I would say no and like I said the fine's not in Newcastle though I think uh, it'll get them so far when it was shut over there but uh, I wouldn't get overly excited about PSG they're a completely different animal now they're definitely on a bit of a rebuild and Bappe, we we'll wait and see, is he going to be bothered uh, about it all? So to beat them was fantastic and a great result for them. But if, if somebody a bit more settled and a bit more accomplished uh, and a, a settled side uh, with a bit more pedigree, I would have taken it with a lot more... I would have been a lot more impressed. Even though I was, I would have been a lot more impressed. So I, I just think it was the right team to get to really give them that boost that they need for, for Champions League football. You've seen them the week before. They smothered the game and it, it wasn't overly impressive against uh, Milan. But, of course, as soon as they get to, to Newcastle, they've no no option but to, to, to give it everything when you've got 50-odd thousand going as crazy as they did.
0: Yeah, I had a big, because I wanted to say, so do you think that Paris Saint-Germain can't win it either, so?
1: Oh, no, absolutely not. I don't think so. Like, listen, our, every team can, let's be honest, just to cover yourself, but Jesus, I, I wouldn't put them in the top top 10 at the minute I just think there's far too much chop and change there there's you know are they going to try and do a more realistic way with a, a, a solid side with their stars or because obviously the Galactico way didn't work so it looks like they're trying to rebuild again but at the same time are will Mbappe be happy with that and is he just going through the motions waiting for his big move allegedly to Real uh, Madrid by the end of the year so I can't see much happening with them to be honest it'll be interesting to see who comes out with that group I, you'd fancy Newcastle with the start that they've had but that means there's only one spot
0: up for grabs and there's some decent sides in this group, so it's got to be interesting. Neil, Mbappe, it's not the first time we've seen him this season and it's not the first time we've seen him under par. It's a it's a funny situation because he wouldn't sign it. They were telling him they are going to sell him if, if he didn't sign. Then all of a sudden, then it comes into August and they've agreed, him and the owner have agreed something and nothing has happened since um, there's been no contract negotiations, no talk of, of anything along those lines. It looks like he's just going to leave, but it doesn't look like he's going with all cylinders firing.
1: Yeah, it's a shame, Roy, isn't it? Because I, I, do you know what it is? When you look at Mbappe, the skill set he has, the excitement that he can bring, you look what he did in the World Cup, uh, in particular in the final when he tried for that whole 17 minutes. He's bloody electric, he's absolutely unbelievable. But well, I can't get away from the fact that for 70 bloody four minutes or ever of the final, he did absolutely nothing. And he does it in a lot of games. And it all comes from playing in a crap league that nobody cares about, including himself. He w- was at one stage on the precipice of doing something with Paris Saint Germain, winning the Champions League. They had a real, real starline lineup, but they were all too selfish and big headed to get along enough to win a number of games. So I don't have sympathy. But yes, there's a party that really wants Mbappe to go somewhere where you can see him week in, week out at a high level in a high uh, league, which is going to be La Liga or the Premier League, uh, most likely La Liga, um, just to see what he's made of. You'd love to see this guy week in, week out where he has to try for 90 minutes rather than meandering around the field and fellas hanging on to him like bloody Trippier and all these lads. uh, What was your man, Longstaff, asking for his bloody jersey in 85 minutes? You know, this crap. He's not a celebrity on the field, should be kicking lumps out of him. But I want to see Mbappe do what he does best, not playing in the position that he's dictating to the manager, put him out wide left where he's at his best and let him do what he does. And you won't see it this year because he may as well be in a retirement home and it's a disgrace watching him.
0: <laughs> I I don't disagree. OK, Dave, Birmingham City are in the playoff places and the first thing they do is sack their manager. They have announced Wayne Rooney is going to take the job. Are they only bringing Wayne in because of his star name or do you think that they actually think that Wayne Rooney can go and achieve something there? And can he? Nice
1: one. I was kind of hoping you wouldn't bring this up. (laughs) Uh, Very much a head-scratcher. The the press seemed to have known immediately what was happening Uh, and, and long before the Manager was sect. It was like Rooney's going back for Birmingham. Um is it the new owners? Obviously Tom Brady has already apparently reached out to Rooney. Is do they want the name to go with the backstory? I don't know. Like what's the real background behind it is, is 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 very strange because he did a respectable job at Derby with the situation that they had, um, but there was not a lot he could do and I think it was a nice free ride for him. Mm. Um but still to no avail Goes over to DC Don't really know Too much about it But obviously They failed to make The playoffs And considering Half the league Get to make the playoffs That's not a good sign um, So Considering where they are And Birmingham are Coming across As a fairly stable side And some decent results Because obviously I start watching them A bit more When the Braves Start getting those Now that they have A new manager And the new manager With in my opinion An unproven track record He's in the he's in the same caliber as your Gerrards and Lampard. Um, I'm very surprised. I would rather stick with somebody who knows how to get out of that bloody league because that's when you that, that's what's most important, regardless of what the name is behind it. So I uh, listen for his sake. I hope it works out for him. But if it doesn't, it's another shoddy ownership making stupid choices because it sounds like a better name than what they have.
0: Do you think Neil, this is commercial more than more than anything?
1: Yeah, I mean, they're not in a massively terrible position, right? Or if you could take Leicester out of the equation. There's a lot of teams still in the mixer. And you know that league, you know, you, you run half for a little while and all of a sudden you're flying up that league. Like, there's probably about five points between about 15 teams or something like that. Um, but I agree I agree with Dave. You're, you're talking the Lampard, Rooney, Gerrard scenario. Like, Lampard's been linked with bloody Rangers now. And, you know, it, 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 it does feel like that ilk where you feel you want to go a little bit higher than what you're normally used to. But... Um, for me Rooney Is it all to prove Still As they say Good job at Derby And if anything He came out with The Derby situation Well that He, he refused to Kind of abandon them In their hour of need He stuck with them mm-hmm. To the kind of Bitter bitter end um, But this maybe Will be an opportunity If you know what it is Right It could be like A Roy Keane A Sunderland thing That something goes there And it lights up And he, he gets them Out of that division you're going Wow Look what he did But like equally so There's as many of them Stories Or sorry There's 10 times more Misery stories Where he can't get out And it just goes From bad to worse So He could be gone by Christmas, it's hard to say, but you like to see him do well, I think, as Dave said. He's that type of manager. I liked what he did at Derby. I liked his personality, that he didn't chuck it in when he literally just could have walked out the door at any time, let's be honest. Um, So, yeah, it'd be interesting one to watch. um, But He's a big job ahead of him.
0: Huge job, yeah, huge job, and a lot of pressure now because that's what that brings. Mm. Once you have a Tom Brady in there, now it's a Wayne Rooney, all eyes yeah. are focused on Birmingham, so it's going to be a, a, a huge watch to see if they can, uh, I don't know, turn things around is a hard thing to say when you're in sixth position and, you know, you're not yeah. far off, Um I mean the top two are going to probably walk away with it anyhow but you know things change things change Okay, Manchester United won last week they won 2-1 with two Scott McTominay Uh, do you want to call them last minute I don't know what you call them anymore now because the last minute winner used to be 89-90 minute 93 and 97 doesn't really cut it anymore as a last minute winner but that's what they did Um, but the performance was terrible Ten Hag is under a little bit of pressure with the signings he's brought in, they haven't really hit the ground running, and you're you're judged by your signings. My question, Dave, to you though, is at the moment Manchester United be backing their manager. I don't think they wouldn't be backing them until you know at the end of the season. They review things, see how how well the team have done, and uh, even at that, Manchester United don't tend to get rid of their managers that quickly. They do give opportunities to managers. But if there was a changeover in ownership, yeah, uh, do you think that they would look to put their own stamp on it, or do you think that Ten Hag is the the fit for Manchester United?
1: He he him himself would have to feel vulnerable without shadow of doubt. He'd have to because straight away they'll be watching like these two guys if they're still the realistic. They'll be watching this And they'll be fuming What's going on And we're going to do this And we're going to do that And it won't be just players I'm going to get a better manager in I don't like the way he does they, they, You can imagine Because especially the way Some of these owners Go on nowadays There could be some serious Knee-jerk reactions But to be honest <laughs> Ken Hag definitely Is under a bit of pressure and I think everybody so I think he's he, like, he got a bit of Praise for how he handled Let's put them in In Berta prima prima And how he's handled them But now all of a sudden it's backfiring on him allegedly with a lot of the rumours and the leaks are still coming out Lingard's not there anymore so it's not him this time so who else is it but like a lot of them are not happy with how things have been going and they're starting to do their usual act and there's only usually one winner when that happens And but not only that his performances on the pitch aren't helping and with some of his players that he brought in that they're even joking and they're not even joking but they're even saying De Gea is back in Manchester Will we, is he going to have another pop at him even Keane said it joking. you I take him back you know there's nothing wrong with him and he said it tongue in cheek but at the same time, if people heard he was signed back, I don't think they'd be bothered. And that's how bad it's got. Mm. Um, but to be honest, yeah, a new ownership, you know what happens. Look at Tuchel, even got the boot quite quick with Chelsea. If anyone, like when, when these guys come in with this much money, they'll want to clean out everywhere, including managers. And especially if it looks like they may slip out of Champions League football and if they're out of, out of the Champions League group, in The next couple of weeks, if it's not looking good and they're not looking anywhere near that they're going to get the top four spots, and the new owner comes in within the next few months, trust me, there'll be a new Gaffer in for January. But that's that's that this is make believe because who knows with that soap opera in the background, some of the family want to get rid of it, some of it don't. So, God only knows where that mess is going to go,
0: absolutely. Uh- I, I just have a feeling that something is going to happen. I don't know if they're going to stick mm-hmm. around for the long haul. I, I They're getting nearly the maximum that they can get off the wise. Yeah. So what what benefits are they going to get from it? Neil, would you change Ten Hag if you were a new owner coming in?
1: Uh, if I had the means to do it, in other words, if you have you know that kind of money where money is no obstacle, yeah, i get rid of them. Um, I would be looking to build a brand of football. You only have to look across the road to the way City play football, to the way they do their business, to the way they always have a player coming in when they have a player going out. They're just the epitome of how to run a business um, on the 115 financial fair play regulation issues, but they're brilliant at it. And uh, yeah, I mean, you've got—I I would change. I would—I would love to see. Well, I—I I would love to see. I would love to see my team. I'm trying to think fancy football here. If you give me a club and I'm a wealthy owner, I don't want to play the way Ten Hag plays. I want to play the way Pep plays, the way Klopp plays, uh, the way Ange Postacoglu plays football. Um, and that would be what I would try to build towards. You get the best manager that plays the best brand that you think is on the up and up, and then you give him a budget like Chelsea gave, but you don't squander it. and You try to bring in the players that will help him play that football. I have a so, question for you now. The, yes.
0: What style does Ten Hag play?
1: Yeah, I don't know. You see, most of his ball, I I would say long ball. I hate to say long ball, but the Johnny Evans to Bruno Fernandes goal we discussed there two weeks ago, the long balls on the break. So you're sitting and you're defending, and he's gone back now with Casemiro and Amrabat sitting in front of the back four, and you're you're trying to play on the counter, in particular against the higher teams. And he's on the break with Rashford with Pace and then Hoyland with Pace. That seems to be their best method of playing. They played it a lot last year. They sat very deep. Um, What he's tried to do, though, this year is he's brought in the Ericsson, Casemiro. Sorry, at the end of last year, he didn't want to do the two holding midfielders. And he seemed to get away with it last year a hell of a lot more, where Casemiro had more legs and he was able to cover better. But they never seemed to get caught out as much. So that long ball playing the break worked out well and then you all get in nice and tight. Uh, this year it isn't working out. They don't seem to have the legs. They're getting caught in possession. They're getting caught deeper up the field and it just seems to be a bit of a shit show. So um, yeah, I you'd have to change that personnel right to change the way you want to play. So for me, yeah, I, I'd get rid of Ten Hag because I, I wouldn't be able to watch that style of football getting kind of sitting deep every week when you're meant to be a top-top team. Um, I'd rather be in possession beyond the 70% end of it and to dominate teams the way the, the better teams do I guess at the moment
0: OK right we're going to leave it there um, I, I'm in total agreement with that um, I know I don't want to talk about it. I just get upset right we'll talk to you next week <laughs> <laughs> see you then
1: even as a Liverpool fan I'm part of talking about you <laughs>